This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, what's the dumbest thing you did as a kid or your kid did? Dads share their stories with us on the Shift. Canadians are fighting to live with dignity, disability without poverty is National Director Rabier Ketter and Sherry Hanley, the Director of Policy and Community Action for Community Food Centers Canada, help us understand the impact of inflation and the impact of all these things of Canadians living with disabilities. There's just not enough money. Plus, the government has failed in some promises from a couple of years ago. And are you okay with some dad jokes to finish it all off on the Shift Daily Podcast? Well, it's almost Father's Day, and this is our last full show before Father's Day. 877-399-9898. What is the uh, dad's story? How did your kids screw it up? Normally, we would say nice things about our dads, which we can do. That's fine. I love saying nice things about my dad. He's the best. And I mean that. My dad is truly the best. I would, I got in this conversation with my sister, uh, just on her birthday a couple of weeks ago. And I, you know, I say to her, like, there's nothing I would change really in hindsight. You know, there, there really isn't. And it's, it's just, it's so cool. And I'm so lucky to still have my dad around. Uh, if you're a dad, what was the biggest screw up of your kids? Or if you're like a mom slash dad, cause you do both roles, whatever. 877-399-9898. What is the biggest, uh, screw up of your kids? Of things that maybe your kids did. There's a couple of things. There was, uh, my dad had this really nice trailer and, uh, it was, it was perfect and he was going to sell it. And we, I hooked it on the back of the truck because we were going to move it, but I didn't latch the hitch down. So we hit a bump and the trailer popped off. Now we weren't moving it like down the road, down the highway. We we're just moving it from house to house in the same street, but it popped off and skidded and slid into the hitch. And so there was now a dent in the diamond plate on the trailer. That was heartbreaking. Surprised my dad didn't kill me for that one. And there's another one that my dad would probably not agree that it was one of the funniest moments in the history of dadding. It was Boxing Day. We were in Sydney, B.C. on Vancouver Island for Christmas to be with his parents. And my dad and I thought, let's go golfing. Because it was Boxing Day. We could do that there, right? It was cold. Like when you took your divot, you could see ice crystals in the dirt. But we did. We had a fantastic day. My dad, well, I had a good day. My dad was not golfing well, and he would get frustrated when he was not golfing well. And um, (laughs) so we put it out on the green, and I grabbed my putter, and I flipped the ball to him, right? Like, here's your ball. I didn't hand it to him. I flipped it, and I hit him right between the eyes and the forehead. But Just it wasn't that cake, so much. Eh? It but it wasn't that so much as it was the sound it made. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> and uh, which I thought was funny. Apparently, I was the only one, and my dad chased me with his putter. He was so mad. <laughs> it never caught me though. But then we were on the very next tee, and he hit a terrible tee shot, and he threw his golf club. He was so mad. So I'm also certain that that would go down as one of the worst moments of the things i'm asking you to tell me something you probably shouldn't tell me leo you got that uh, new little tell me something thing there please tell me baby what's your story tell us something you probably shouldn't tell us yep high budget that's what we are tell us something you probably shouldn't tell us all the dads out there 877-399-9898 okay um, my four-year-old boy took the phone of my wife and sent me a picture of his butt. 
hands down. <laughs> that's a very four-year-old thing to do. Love it. That's pretty funny. Uh, that's from Damien in Pitt Meadows. Thank you very much, Damien, for that one. 877-399-9898. The funniest thing about this is when we talked about it earlier today. Hey, let's talk, let's find out from the dad's perspective about Father's Day. I couldn't think of any stories, but the more I've started to think of ways that my dad yep. probably should have killed me, boy, does it ever start to come to you, right? Hey, uh, let's go to Catherine, who's in Surrey. Hi, Kat. Hi. I, I um, moved to a new neighborhood, and my kids were wanting to fit in really bad. So it was a summer day, and my son was only nine. I was a single mom, so I was like a dad, right? Yep, you're doing both. You got it. <laughs> And he wanted to fit in so bad. So he ended up seeing a truck delivering a bunch of pop to our neighbors. And they had a backyard where it was secluded, right? So he, when the truck left, he went in there and he, he grabbed all the pop and he handed it out to all his friends. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> so how did you deal with that as a, the mom's mom dad? Well, you know, I was a good mother <laughs> and good yeah. father, <laughs> so yeah. I, I I made him pay out of his allowance yeah. and apologize, you know. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. I love it. Oh, my God, that's so funny. Can it brings up a lot of memories, doesn't it? You all see, that's the yeah. thing I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Catherine, because they do. They it brings up so many all of a sudden as you start thinking about it. Yeah, sure, go ahead. If my dad was standing here, he'd tell you that his son on Halloween, I shouldn't tell you this. Well, of course, that's what we're saying. It's something you probably shouldn't tell us. I know. He, he, on Halloween, he, my, my oldest brother um, put firecrackers around the cat's tail. Oh, <laughs> no. I know he's not the only one that did that. Yeah. See, yeah, you're not endorsing it by any means. You're just saying it happened. Yeah. What was your dad's he, reaction? He thought it was horrible. You know. Yeah. He's trying yeah. to be a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> trying to be a good guy, <laughs> Catherine. Thank you for the phone call. I appreciate it. Thank uh, you. Dad's trying to be a good guy. I think Catherine just said it best right there. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Um. A friend's son used to use a big rock to scrape the frost off of a car windshield. Oh, well, that's helpful, isn't it? Oh, that's fun. I, I, now that you say that, though, I seem to recall something about mud on the side of the car and an ice scraper. I don't know if that was me, but that's a very foggy memory from so long ago. What are some of the worst, something you probably, tell me something you probably shouldn't tell me. What are some of the uh, silliest, worst things that dads have had to go through? Anne is in Surrey. Hi, Anne. So I was um, a kid in Chilliwack, and uh, my two brothers, you know about Warren, and I think we were about five, six, and seven. We were all a year apart, and Mom sent Dad and the kids all blackberry picking. So we're picking away, and my brothers didn't last very long. They wanted to go and play, so off they went, and Dad and I are picking strawberries, and then... I'm sort of foggy about which brother, but I think it was Warren that came and he was in a panic and he had locked my brother in the trunk of the car oh, and no. he was freaking out in, in the trunk. So dad comes rushing over and reaches inside his pants to get his 
keys, and there's no keys. So he figures he probably lost them in the blackberry bushes. So we went back, and luckily we found them really quickly. Because wow. my poor brother was freaking out. Both brothers were freaking out. Oh, that's so good. Another I love it. one, too, that's a quick one is uh, we were living in the PMQs out in Chilliwack. That was back when they had PMQs. And Mom sent Dennis, he was probably seven, down the street to the barber to get his hair cut. He said, You're a big boy. Here's a dollar. You go get your hair cut. So Dennis took his scissors in his room, cut his own hair, and went to the corner store and bought 300. There were three for a penny. Black balls. You remember what black balls were? They're like, no. like little licorice candies that would make you all black. He came home with three hundred black balls and uh, a real nice haircut. <laughs> oh, that's unbelievable! And thank you very much for the phone call. That's uh, amazing storytelling. I can tell one too. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. We were at. It was like a Chuck E. Cheese, but I don't think it was Chuck E. Cheese. But it was like a Chuck E. Cheese, where it was all like a games room, and then you'd have basically way overpriced lunch at um like uh, i had a picnic table kind of thing anyway so i really we played a bunch of games then it was time to eat then we had to go it was in edmonton we lived in fort mcmurray so we had a big drive ahead of us and so i remember i was like dad i really want to play the game and like no you're we're done let's eat the food and then so i thought come on i really play the game no we're done and then when we were all done my dad said to me he said hey i'm still thirsty will you go get me a pop and he uh, gave me money i said yep i'll go and he gave me money and i went to the counter but somewhere between will you go get me a pop and giving my giving me money my brain said this is for games so i took the money and i went and played video games with it never got my dad the pop our dinner lunch visit to this place ended with me getting hauled out by my dad from the video games, he was so mad. And I just, I remember going to the car being like, dad, I forgot, but I did. I legitimately forgot. I was not listening and I did not go by my dad, the pop. I put my dad through that. What'd you put your dad through? Tell me something you probably shouldn't tell me. 877-399-9898 in Calgary. We have Robert. Hey, Robert. Hi, this happened about 58 years ago on to the day my dad died. He never let me forget it. How I ruined his father's day one time. There was, to make a long story short, there was this kid in high school named Tony, and he was in grade nine, and I was in grade five, and he used to bull me and harass me all the time in this small town I grew up in. So my dad went to him and made a deal. Like, just leave my son alone. He'll leave you alone, I promise, and everything will be fine. I'm tired of hearing about this. Well, my dad didn't tell me that he made that deal, because I didn't. So one day I was in our front yard, and anybody of my age now would know that when you're a kid, if you didn't have a Frisbee, you used your mom's Tupperware lids. So I was out in the front yard with a Tupperware lid, and I saw this Tony guy on his brand-new 10-speed that everybody knew that he had, and he was going to come flying down the street. So I hid behind a tree, and just as he passed the tree, I whipped this Tupperware lid, intending to hit him on the shoulder, but it went right between his front fork spokes on his front wheel. (laughs) And when when that wheel came around around and met the forks, it came to a dead stop, but he didn't. He looked like somebody shot him out of a cannon. And he went flying and rolling and scraping and screaming along the road. I ran into the house. My parents and some other people came running out to see what all the screaming was about. Of course, I completely denied it until my mom went in and checked her, her, the contents of her, her cupboard and found there was one missing Tupperware lid, and boy, did I right. get in trouble. Oh, but that's unbelievable. It was unbelievable. pretty fun to watch that bully get 
slide off that bike. I've well, never forgotten it. Well, so it's not all stories are all bad, Robert. <laughs> maybe he, never maybe he learned a lesson. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that, too. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. So good. 877-399-9898. Uh, tell me something you probably shouldn't tell me, things you put your dad through or something of that nature as we celebrate Father's Day in Abbotsford. We've got Irwin. Hey, Irwin. This is years ago. My daughter was preschool. I was on my way to go on a business trip, and my daughter came in and she said, my friend Tommy and I have bought you lots of gas for your car. And I said, oh, that's very nice. Sure. I went out to my car, and I saw my gas cap on the driveway, and I thought, well. And I looked into my tank, and there it was full of sand. She and Tommy had filled my gas tank with sand. So three days later, I was on my way. I, uh, I thought I'd share that with you. That's unbelievable. So, okay, I have questions, Erwin. First of all, the dad side of me wants to know, um, how did you fix it? Did you, you know, back in the day, did you just have to drop the tank and clean it out yourself, or did you right. you couldn't I start the car at all, right? No, I no, I couldn't start it. I drained the tank, and then I took it off, took it off and got it to a, a, a shop, and they steam cleaned my tank. And then I had to put it back on again because I didn't dare start the car. Yeah, know? like one grain of sand, right? Like holy yeah. cow! Yeah, well, it was wow. There were there were buckets full of it in the, my gas tank. Now, so, this is obviously very generous of your daughter to to do. How did you react as a dad? Because part of you wants to lose your you lose your mind, but the other part, it's particularly cute. I decided I would not get angry because. She really meant it for good, you know. Yeah. And to this day, she remembers that. And uh, about a year ago, I got a note from her on Father's Day, and she said, Dad, I still want to thank you for not getting angry for filling your tank with sand. Wow. Goes a long way, hey, when you yeah. can make those good yeah. decisions. Maybe if, right. even if it is going for a little bit of a walk around the block first. Yeah, it took me three days to get going again, you know. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I'd share that with you. Have a That's good That's beautiful. Good, good evening. Bye-bye. You too, Erwin. Very kind. Thank you. 877-399-9898. What did your, um, what did your dad go through? Uh, what did you as a dad go through? Tell me something you probably shouldn't tell me. It's The Shift. I'm Shane Hewitt. We have Lee, who's in Vancouver. How you doing, Shane? I'm good. Thank you, brother. Okay. Um, now, I wasn't brought up by my father. I was brought up by a stepfather. So... And I didn't. We didn't get along too good. So this isn't one of those loving relationships, sort of. That's all right. So I ended up. We like real life here, buddy. We like real life. All right, all right. I uh, played house league hockey when I was like sixteen, seventeen, and they gave everybody chocolate bars to sell. And they gave a case of twenty Cadburys or whatever to, to make money for the yep. for the house league hockey. And I ended, I ended up having a couple of bars, and within two weeks, I ended up all the ch- eating all the chocolate bars, and. Uh, Gloria's stepfather had to pay the bill. <laughs> nice. So that's my little deed. Yeah. And you were you were happy to do it, weren't you? I was happy to do it. Yeah. He wasn't <laughs> he wasn't too good to get along with. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Thanks so much for finding the humor in it, Lee, and sharing the story. Appreciate that. All right, buddy. Awesome. Eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. What are your dad's stories? Um, I want to hear from the dads too, right? Keep telling me these things, uh, whether it's uh, Lee's story, and it's a step 
son story or like Irwin and the story about your kid. What have your kids put you through? It's Father's Day, right? Tell me something you probably shouldn't tell me. One of those stories that in hindsight, eh, maybe a winner, maybe not a winner. <laughs> There's a few of them. I know they're out there. This is the Shift Podcast. My favorite part of the show is meeting you. It truly is. My favorite part of the show is the, all the people, the long list of people that I get to meet. And I, I keep everybody's contact information because it's it's cool. <laughs> I mean, it feels good to know more people and meet more people. I have two guests right now. And um, joining me is uh, Sherry and Rabia. And I'm not going to say who they are and what they do off the bat because I just want to talk to them first. Then we'll get into, we will unfold, if you will, the intention of why we're here uh, to have this conversation. Sherry's in Toronto and Rabbi is in Mississauga. Now, um, working together, the two of you, uh, perhaps uh, let's start with Rabia. Um, who are you and, and what do you do? Let's just start there because... Uh, you'll understand uh, in a second, I hope, what my intention behind doing it this way. So, Rabia, what do you do with your days? A lot. Um, I'm many things. And, you know, often I, I use a one-liner to describe myself, Shane, and that is, you know, I'm a hyphen with many hijabs. I, I wear a headscarf. So I, uh, I'm i Rabia Khudr. I'm a, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Muslim Punjabi Pakistani Canadian woman, wife, mother, yada, yada, <laughs> yada. And I happen to have a disability. I'm blind. And I fill my life up with doing a lot of stuff because I see nothing. And, and I do a lot of stuff right now in this context that, you know, we, we got connected. Uh, I do a lot of stuff around disability without poverty. That's the organization I work for as its national director. And we're pushing for the Canada Disability Benefit because we feel that it's going to do wonders in supporting people who are living in poverty right now with disability. Well. Yeah, and I, I think that as I hear you, I, I can hear that you, wow, you talk about somebody who wants to make a difference because you literally live in that world every day, invested, one might say. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself here, Rabia, if you don't mind. If it's too personal, that's fine. You can say no thank you. But uh, you're a wife. You've been married for a while. You mother. How many kids do you have? I, I'm, I've i been, oh, hitting 28 years of marriage, have Oh, good for you. adult children. My baby's wow, going to be 20, uh, all without disabilities, and my husband does not have a disability. Those are a lot of assumptions that people often make about people with disabilities. I grew up almost all, close to all my life in Mississauga. Uh, mm -hmm. I came as an immigrant child um, and, you know, learned the power of language by, you know, watching a lot of television, by the way. Yeah, I bet. Hey, <laughs> really bad. But on, like, things like audiobooks must be amazing for you now in today's oh, world versus yeah, you know no ten years ago. Back then, you know, I learned. I, <laughs> yeah. You, you want to know what I learned the language from? Like, like four year old watching I Love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke show. Okay, and Price oh really? Right. Hey, like not 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 to mention you know Mr. Dress Up and Polka Dot Door and all that. Oh, so, that's beautiful. You know, and I grew up with um, you know three other. Uh, siblings born in the family here in Toronto uh, with disabilities. So I learned to navigate the system. I became the voice for everybody in, in my family. So mm -hmm. I've just lived 
advocating for change and disrupting systems and structures to better respond to the needs of my own family. And then ultimately that took me down a path of turning a profession, turning a personal uh, life into a profession with my lived experience. Very interesting. I um, can you help us understand what your vision is like? Uh, are you completely blind? Well, uh, do you are you able to move navigate about? <laughs> I, I I I fake it a lot. Okay, so I have a congenital eye condition which is recessive. So it's from birth. I never saw perfectly. Um, my night vision was always really poor. My color vision was really eh. Um, didn't see a lot of detail, always struggled. By the time I was in grade seven, I couldn't read the chalkboard, even if I sat in the front row with, you know, hmm. bright lights beaming on it and bright, bright chalk. There were chalkboards back then, okay? I'm yeah, me too. I'm with 52. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and by the time I graduated university, I wasn't able to read uh, print on a computer screen blown up. And I started to, you know, listen to technology, read things to me. So, you know, my best friend is Perfect Paul or Jaws or whatever now, uh, voiceover. You know, I say it's the guy that yeah. I've lived with longer than my husband. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fascinating. You, um, So as you go through um, all of these things, I'm, you just made me really curious. Something occurred to me. I'm not sure I've ever asked anybody uh, who is blind before. But because you could see at one point, although not well, um, when you dream at night, do you dream visually? Yes, absolutely. Um, and you know, so I have, I have some sense of color and, and, and what things look like. And, you know, I navigate the world assuming I see things. That's why I say I fake it a lot. Like, you know, oh, I, get it. I, I live in the same neighborhood I grew up in. We bought my parents' house and my parents live two doors away. Like, you know, I don't use a dog. I don't use a cane. I abuse my kids sometimes to walk me and drive me around, you know, that kind of right. stuff. But, you know, my, my usual point A to point B, I just assume nothing's in my way. I go. <laughs> That's it. This, this is fascinating to me. I thank you so much, Rabia, for being so open and honest uh, about your life. Uh, not to forget about Sherry, who's here as well. Sherry is Director of Policy and Community Action for Community Food Centers Canada. So your two worlds are coming together. Um, with the the article was sort of written as the right to living with dignity. Sherry, um, how do you come into this uh, this conversation as well? Because here on the shift, we've talked about it many times. We we we've learned, and I, I was naive, perhaps, or ignorant, even when we started the shift of who listens at nighttime. And Sherry, I, I learned that we have all kinds of people. There's lots of security people and drivers. Uh, who listen at nighttime. There's also the early risers, lots of executives who get up and listen to this show because they're getting up early, right, to get into work. And we also have an awful lot of people that are blind. And I had no idea. People who don't have the same access to sort of entertainment, if you will, listening to the radio, um, and not only uh, folks with the disability of blindness, but uh, other ones as well. I had no idea. It didn't even occur to me that that would be the case. But here we are, this community that we call Shiftheads, sitting at nighttime. So how does this land for you? I love that name. Um, yeah. So as you mentioned, uh, I'm the director of policy and community action at Community Food Centers Canada. So we're a national nonprofit um, that's been in existence for about 10 years that focused on food insecurity. So, you know, and we, we have over 350 partners across the country and we support a lot of people through those centers. And we've learned over the past 10 years that it's not about a lack of food, it's about a lack of income. 
Um, so we're seeing with the pandemic, uh, more and more people coming through our doors looking for support. Um, you know, pre-pandemic, it was bad. It, it's, you know, been exasperated with the inflation post-pandemic. But, you know, we, um, in the 10 years we've been up and running, really seeing the challenges around people not having enough income and not being able to live with dignity because of that lack of income from every walk of life. Um, but we've been seeing um, a, a lot more um, people with disabilities uh, experiencing challenges, as well as, uh, you know, the group that you're talking about a lot, a lot of working age singles, people who are working but still living in poverty, um, coming through our doors. And because of that, um, we decided to just, uh, we've, we just created the Poverty Action Unit. I'm the first yeah. uh, director of that unit as of February, but we've, we've created that because we want to actually do some advocacy with partners to actually see some change and not yeah. have food as the answer, but certainly making sure money's being put in people's pockets so they can thrive and live with dignity. Um, well, it's a cause and effect yeah. issue, right? Exactly. That we're seeing that comes out. And uh, this is, so. You, I mean, you have now gone from, I mean, 2020, the disability benefit was sort of announced, I think, yeah. uh, in the throne speech that that was going to be a thing. Okay, there, a lot has happened since 2020, but even today it's fallen silent. So you really have just taken this active advocating campaigning to bring this conversation back in front of everybody. Is that fair? Um, so we've partnered with, uh, we've identified several priorities at CFCC, and one of them is the Canada Disability Benefit. And the way we decided to work was working with people with the lived experience. So working with Rabia's group, Disability Without Poverty, to really mobilize, um, you know, there's the disability sector and Disability Without Poverty, but there's a lot of other organizations across the country that care deeply about poverty and alleviating poverty. So we've joined on in that capacity, and we're trying to engage our members across the country to really make this happen as sooner as post or later. Rabia, where do you start from your perspective? I mean, food costs for everybody is incredibly high. The article uh, shares that in Ontario, single person with disability, 1100 dollars basically covers rent. Similar story in BC, Quebec, Nova Scotia, other provinces as well. And I know that everybody's story is a little bit different. But where does it start for you? Poverty, a uh, disability without poverty is... Uh, I this I, I struggle with it because I struggle with it being 2022 and we're saying disability without poverty. Uh, so I struggle with the fact that we've gone this long. So where does it start for you and your group? Well, unfortunately, disability and poverty have got and gone hand in hand. People with disabilities have always historically been left behind. People with disabilities are you know the 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 the, the group that's the most unemployed, the most struggling with poverty. One, uh, like base, essentially, you know, four out of every 10 people living in poverty are people with disabilities. That's huge. So that's basically three out of uh, one out of every four people with disabilities lives in poverty. That's a, that's a significant, significant number. And in a first world, quote unquote, nation like ours that prides itself on quality of life where people feel they can, you know, capture their Canadian dream and, and want to come from around the world here to, to prosper. When we hear about disability and poverty, it, it's, it's, it's earth shattering. Like, how is mm -hmm. it possible? How can we be talking about what's happening in, in other spaces and places how can we be talking about famine how can we be talking about 
war and other natural disasters and wanting to help when we're not helping our own people right here who live in Canada across this country with intellectual disabilities, with mental illness, with uh, quadriplegia, paraplegia, various forms of it, with vision loss, with hearing loss, with complex care needs, with chronic pain. How can we not be ensuring that they live with dignity? You know, when we're talking about that $1,169 a month that one single person gets in the province of Ontario from the government to make ends meet, the official poverty line in Toronto is over 2000 and yeah. oh, it's, rent, a, it's a wide gap, isn't rent it? Rent is horrendous in the GTA and and in you know in British Columbia and in other places. Like you cannot, like you you maybe get a room for a thousand bucks, you know. Yeah. And people, for example, I always use group homes as an example. People who live in institutions, quote unquote, group homes. The group home charges the you know the institutional rate. Uh, which in many cases is $1,021. This is firsthand that I'm familiar with paying for my brother. He's left with $148 a month. Now, $148, if he were to have a cell phone or access to technology, there you go. If he were to pay for public transit, there you go. Yeah, if he were is. to go out and buy shampoo and toothpaste or or, or Tylenol, right, th- that money just vanishes. Forget about, you know, buying new underwear or, or, or winter gear, right? Um, yeah, well, we take for granted the ability to go for a coffee. Exactly. And, um, and if you go for a coffee every Sunday, I mean, you're looking at 7 to 10% of your leftover net. Exactly. Just just for four coffee visits. Yep, so yep. And for me, put it right into... And, and, and yeah. for me, Shane, like, okay, I'm privileged. I work. I, I have a working family. Um, I'm able to supplement my brother's income. Not everybody has family. Not everybody has family that has capacity to support them. Especially, you know, aging parents that are supposed to be cared for are caring for individuals and barely making ends meet. Single parents with disabilities raising children are choosing to buy something for their child rather than for themselves. They're feeding their children instead of themselves. Many people are telling us, you know, they run out of money the third day into the month because there's just nothing left. Hmm. So let me ask you a question um, that is about that. I mean, 100 years ago, uh, disability was in wildly inconvenient. You said, you know, these people are getting left behind. And quite literally, 100 years ago, these people did get left behind. That's what you did. You left them behind. You put sent them to a home. You just basically like, okay, well, this is inconvenient. Off you go. And that's what people did. That's a harsh reality of what this world is today. You just said people don't have family. This conversation, I mean, I, I was going to ask you what is dignity, but Rabia, the 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 conversation is that a lot of these families literally leave these family members behind. Is it, uh, it must be difficult. Uh, people don't understand what to say, what to do. How do we get through that part? Because when we talk about cause and effect in all of this, uh, money obviously helps these people as adults, as individuals. But when it comes to the family unit and we as people surrounding uh, these, these folks, 
we need to learn how to love and care for these perfectly normal people that just can't see, right? Um, and so that must be very difficult too when you see some of these families leave people behind or you hear the stories of people inside your community or your work when they say, yeah, no, I don't talk to my brother anymore. I haven't talked to him in 10 years. That must be hard. Well, you know, in my case, like my brother has a developmental disability, right? So, yeah. you know, he's he's in a group home. He's thriving at many levels, but... Um, yeah, I didn't mean to diminish the people that are in the right yeah, place either. The, the um, issue is people don't choose to leave their family and families don't choose to leave them behind. In many cases, there's just no family. The natural course of beginning of life and end of life is is the cause, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a gentleman in uh, York region who's reached out to us uh, and, and has reached out to media who's living in a rooming house who has... Uh, a disability and his sister passed away and you know when he lived with his sister the income was okay she's gone there's no more income and ODSP alone landed him in a rooming house now in a rooming house he doesn't have access appropriate access to a kitchen he's opening up a can and eating food every day so he's so so what we're doing is we're we're impacting people's not only dignity, but their health, their 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 quality of life in so many unimaginable ways. So we're not just leaving people behind as families intentionally. It, it happens, but society intentionally is forgetting people with disabilities. The system is intentionally forgetting people with disabilities. And therefore, people with disabilities, many people with disabilities, are feeling very hopeless. And what they're doing today is they're taking to social media to raise money to pay their bills. That should never happen. That's a different form of people standing on the corner begging for money. Our guests here on The Shift include Disability Without Poverty's National Director, Rebia Katter, and Sherry Hanley, Director of Policy and Community Action for Community Food Centers in Canada. If you want to catch the whole conversation, you can on The Shift Daily Podcast when the show is done. Before the break, we were talking about what is dignity. Now, for me, I think of dignity as this ability to participate in community. And that can be different for everybody. I mean, I, you know, I, my... I've had friends in my life, family members that that have been, um, you know, seizures or or whatever, some brain injury, I guess, proper proper way to say that, um, blind, and inside the community often meet other blind people, other people with brain injury. Uh, that's a fit for some people. It's I like hockey, and that becomes their community. The fact that they might be, you know, partially blind or mm-hmm. hearing impaired or whatever, it's just that they want to be around hockey community. So community is so important, and that to me is where dignity, the ability to get to community and that obviously means healthy living food um at least a little bit of money to be able to get around nobody's asking for tickets to the toronto maple leafs people are just saying can i get to the hockey rink you know what i'm saying like i uh so i i see it that way sherry what what does it look like for you when we talk about dignity and how do we how do we get this in front of the policymakers again well i i think first of all it's having access to resources to be able to make choices and actually have choices and have agency in being able to make your own decisions because you aren't stuck on, on a fixed income that you can't live on. You know, I think you, you mentioned the point about, you know, coffee, like taking for granted, you know, what is available to people. And, and some of the work we've been doing across um, the community, we haven't done necessarily um, focus groups for people with disabilities, but we did some with working age singles lately. And it's being trapped on low income social assistance rates that are so 
undignified that you you don't have choice and you're stuck. You can't make the next step. You can't you, you isolate yourself from your family because you're embarrassed and don't want to you know being seen as needing help. Uh, you are not buying gifts for your grandchildren at Christmas. You know you aren't able to make the same decisions or choices that. Um, other people with with more money are able to. So I think a big part of it is not having the agency or the ability to make decisions about your life and where you want to go and how you want to live it. That's a big part of it, I think. And then, you know, again, the, the pieces that Rabbi was speaking to, it's, you know, having, you know, like people's basic needs are not being met. You know, before I was in this role, I was working in, in housing and, you know, the, the living conditions people are living in and the shelter allowances that they have are inadequate for for what's out there and governments have not been increasing them to match inflation or or the, the where the the housing market is going they just it's not keeping pace and it's keeping people um you know in really awful situations that affect mental health and their ability to live a dignified life that we all should have entitled have the entitlement of I love that you use the word agency because agency means the ability to change, right? To create, uh, if you will, uh, action or intention with the, uh, especially as to produce a particular effect is by the definition of what it is. And so that's the fascinating part about agency. Do you have the ability to create or produce the outcome that you want to have? And uh, so incredibly important here. Now, Rabia, the cost of food, obviously for everybody, uh, in my house, it's the same. I'm sure it's in your house too, as your your hubby go, your hubby and you go shopping. Um, that, and I'm sure that your adult children show up all the time looking for free meals. The, they still um, live with me. What are you talking about? Oh I only my got goodness! Rid of one, and she still comes to me here with her husband. I got one more. <laughs> there you go. So now they've collected more people. See what happens. <laughs> um, so, but yeah. So I mean, cost of food is incredibly difficult for everybody today. Is it the number one uh, signifier of? what's going on the the flare right now i think that everyone can connect with and understand that we're seeing with poverty i mean cost of living is important too but the food thing you can get into a house and you cannot have enough food and not be okay you cannot have a house and somehow get food so i don't know chicken and egg perhaps food is, is something that everybody should be able to connect with people need to reflect on how much food they waste on a daily basis simply because they have access to it and there are others who don't have access uh, to even, you know, make that choice of, oh, well, this is leftovers from yesterday. I'm not eating it today. I'll toss it out. You know, organics, you know, the 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 classism of organics, let's say mm -hmm. um, people don't yeah. have those kinds of, of choice and food. If you don't have food, you don't have healthy food, you don't have nourishment. It exacerbates. In, in many cases, some of the other disability related barriers that people face, it exacerbates the, 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 the symptoms and, and uh, uh, you know, experiences of, of the nature of the medical side of their disability sometimes. So, you know, food is essential to life. You know, food, food is what keeps us alive and keeps us going. If we don't have food, um, and and we don't eat. There's there's an expiration date on us, right? Like if we just yeah, we cannot, we're done. We're toast. Yeah. Very well and, said. Very well said. And, and and that is something that every one of us should be able to connect with. Our hearts pour out when we look at some of those, and I won't name those charities appealing to us to feed children in 
quote unquote, the African continent that we consider to be a country. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, it's not even specific, right? Yeah, like I we, we think we can. We can we're, gonna, we're happy to send money to feed people because we can't imagine that they don't have food, and we don't, we 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 can't imagine that their systems don't support them in having food. But but yet here we are at a point where our system is oppressing people, where our system is controlling and managing people in a way that it's a detriment to their quality of life, to their ability to live at all, rather than just live with dignity. And, you know, Shane, I'm, I'm, I'm steering a little bit in a different direction here, but it's coming to a point with many people with disabilities um, that have, you know, chronic symptoms of their disability and ongoing issues and live in deep, deep poverty that keeps worsening and worsening with all these external factors of inflation and, and cost and all that, that, you know, they're saying, okay, well, my government gave me the legal right to medical assistance in dying. Maybe I'll opt out for that instead of trying to fight the system to, to give me what I need to live with dignity. Yeah. And that's heartbreaking. It's wildly heartbreaking. Uh, and it, it's happening. Yes. Just so you know, it is definitely for everybody who doesn't know it's happening. I mean, there are people who are uh, seeking assistance from those organizations because they just can't fight the fight anymore. Now, that being said, you two, there are a bunch of people that are fighting this fight every day. There are a bunch of people like yourselves that are advocating for it. There are people that are making it work under the circumstances. It's a very long list of people in Canada. We need to acknowledge and celebrate those people because they are making it work. They are not giving up. And I'm not I'm not judging anybody who chooses for what they choose. I'm not. It's I, I wish you wouldn't, but I you get to choose your thing. But what I'm saying is, is that there are so many people that are that are getting on and somehow trying to pull it off, and they continue and continue and continue to do it. Um, Cherry, what do you say to those people who uh, are on that verge of giving up, but they've been managing to pull it off again and again? Uh, it's probably good to. We need to acknowledge those people. Yeah, I think uh, you know, I think people doing their best and and, and working hard to, to do you know, what they can to make the most of life, I think, obviously, yes, great. And, uh, you know, hats off. But I think that that as society, we have a bigger role to play in, in bringing everybody along together. And I think we talk a lot about post COVID, you know, we're all in the same boat. Well, clearly the, the stats are showing, I don't have them in front of me, but it's showing that we, we all, weren't all in the same boat and people were experiencing things quite differently. And I think to those people who are trying to, to make it um, you know, to, to the next meal or whatever, is that there are people coming together and that we need to work together with even more folks to keep the pressure on governments to step up. Um, there's been a lot of mobilization of not just the disability sector, but other sectors coming together and saying, we, we live in Canada, we live in a place where we've got, you know, a certain quality of life that we aspire to, and we shouldn't be leaving people behind. And I think that, that there's a certain call to action that we'd like to see and have those folks join us in it. Uh, most of them are probably leading it and, and in there anyway with uh, Rabia's group and others. But, you know, we want people to be talking to their members of parliament, their MPs, their, their provincial territorial governments to say, listen, you know, you're leaving us behind. You're, you're making us live in really awful conditions, you know, like step up and increase these benefits so that we can live in dignity and participate in society uh, in a way that's more meaningful than what you're 
allowing us to do with it, with the, the poverty you're keeping us in. So I think that there's a message in terms of um, more folks coming together, whether you have a disability or not, and supporting each other's community. We all talk about we came through the pandemic stronger and oh, look at look at everybody stepped up, but but we still have a pretty blind eye to um, you know. The, a lot of suffering that's going on and people not stepping up. How do you live on $1,100 a month it, it, anywhere? Um, you know, Toronto, <laughs> anywhere. And, and, you know, you should be able to go and buy a coffee. You should be able to buy your grandkid a birthday present. You should be able to get your hair done if it's too long. Um, you know, like people are making some really difficult choices. And I think in the absence of, you know, stability and government programs that, that, that afford dignity for folks, people are making some awful choices. Do I go without my medication this month? Do I do, do I not eat this week? You know, oh geez, I, I've got another notice from the landlord tenant board because I'm behind on my rent. Uh, there's a lot of stress that comes with it. So I would just, I would put it on simple. I have a toothache, right? Yeah, like exactly. that kind of stuff, right? Like I have a toothache and I yeah. can't get it fixed. So, I mean, it's, it's quite deplorable. 2020 throne speech, the government said it would introduce the Canada disability benefit even with, um, you know, not to get overly political on it, I'll let everyone do that on their own course. But uh, the reality is, even with this unified government and the things they say they stand for on social programs, uh, there's still no talk um, between those two parties about doing those things. And those are the two parties who are, are the ones who are the biggest advocators. They say they're the biggest advocators for these types of programs. And it's just not evident anymore that that's a priority so this is what these groups are trying to do trying to do just that so here if you want to look it up here's what you do uh rabia can you pronounce your last name for me again so i can get it right Heather. Heather. how do i do good enough um it's good i'm trying i'm working really hard um um yeah because i have a friend her name is chasma and I'm working really hard to try to pronounce it properly because everyone calls her Kazma. And uh, and so I've always been trying. So thank you, uh, Rabia and Sherry Hanley. So Rabia is with Disability of Poverty's National, uh, Disability Without Poverty. She's the National Director. Sherry Hanley is Director of Policy and Community Action for Community Food Centers Canada. Google those. I will link both websites up at shiftheads.ca in our Facebook group to refer people. So whether this conversation strikes you from the uh, perspective of I need to talk to these people because I belong in these circles to help or to get help, or I'm going to get political here and start to um, help out, or I'm going to call a family member and see if they're okay. That also would be, um, we'll call that a win in this conversation too. Thank you uh, so much for being here, Sherry Rabbi. I appreciate it. Thanks, Shane. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, Shane. This is the Shift Podcast. We have this little thing we like to do here. It is called, Are You Okay With? Are you, are you, are you okay? Okay. Okay. Are you okay with? This version of Are You Okay With is uh, is probably a very unique version. You can send in yours if you have one, 877-399-9898. Uh, let's get started with our theme for the uh, for this is are you okay with dad jokes? Here we go. I've okay. been compiling a list just for today. Ryan's working on this. If you look online, there's often challenges on on TikTok and Instagram and all these things. One of the best ones now is that it's really silly, but it's fun. It's always the same outcome is you they fill their mouths with water and they slap each other with tortillas 
until somebody spits out the water. That's an ex- that's an example of a, a stupid thing that makes the internet. But there are some videos out there of two dudes usually sitting in chairs trying to make each other laugh with dad jokes. So are you okay with dad jokes? We will go back and forth with some of the worst dad jokes we can possibly find and try to make each other laugh for points. Yes. Uh, you ready to go for this or how does I'm this? So uh, ready. I'm absolutely. Are we flipping so a coin here? To uh, see who goes first. How can we flip a coin around a Zoom call? I have a. Uh, well, we can flip a something. Anyway, I have I have one in particular here that um, uh, not a joke so much as um, I got to find it because I went and lost it. Way to go, Shane. Um, there's a, a, a list of things. Mm-hmm. Let me find it here. Lost it. Is this the one? Yeah. Okay. So there, there's a list of, of, of things that dads always do. For example, they tie things down in the back of the car or on the roof of the car, and then they grab the tie down. They pull it a couple of times. That's not going anywhere. Right. We know this. Like every time it rains, dads always say, we needed rain. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, uh, every time you leave, you go to the car, you go to leave, and then you come back in because you forgot something. You're like, Oh, you're back already. How was it? Right. Or when you're driving on a family trip and there's horses or cows, they're just like, hey, look, cows, <laughs> like things all dads do. I don't know what it is. Is it, um, is it woven in to used in the DNA somehow, right? When the kid's in the bathroom too long, hey, did you fall in? Like every dad's done it. Yeah. But it's time to leave and then you get the family out the door. Let's rock and roll. Let's, let's boogie. When you get the bill at the restaurant, what's the damage? Right? You walk outside and the neighbor's mowing the lawn or washing the car. What do they say? Hey, can you do mine next? Yep. Falling asleep on the couch, probably watching golf or something. Just resting my eyes. Checking for light leaks. Right? Mm -hmm. And then you run into somebody that you haven't seen in a long time. I guess they'll let anybody in here. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible things dad says. Dad isms. Absolutely. Okay. Um, if we laugh with the dad jokes, if it qualifies as a as a win, we will lean into our game showy. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll use uh, we'll lean into the game showy here a little bit. For example, if it's right and you're a winner, yeah. all right. In fact, we could just turn this into game showy. <laughs> it's time for us to play dad jokes. We're going to say dad jokes back to back and try to make each other laugh. What's the point? There is no point. That's the point. Okay, Ryan. Okay. All right. You want to go first? Yes, I do. All right. Okay. So the singer of Mambo Number no. 5, Lou Bega, his full name is David Lou Bega Balmetzi, which means that Lou Bega is just his little bit of moniker. <laughs> you know, that one, oh my God, that's a win. Absolutely a win. Oh, yeah. That's, okay, that's a good yeah. one because the lyrics start rolling in your brain. Little bit of moniker. Oh, man. 
we have to do it since I think we're it's here fair that we laugh at our own jokes by the way because that's what all dads do is they laugh at their own jokes so. oh absolutely it's yeah, true okay. thank you i'll be here all gentlemen, this is mambo number five. Oh, it's mambo number five <laughs> Well, I mean, we can't really. I mean, yeah, it's, this is, it's uh, now in everybody's head. Right. So let's just let's just ease the pain right now. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, four, five. Everybody in the car. See? So come on, let's ride to the Although I would. The the we couldn't do it where you could give me a heads up on the timing because that would ruin the joke. But right. There we go. Yeah, now sorry. that earworm, earworm is stuck in your head. Nice. We might come back to that. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, so my turn. Yep, your turn. So my wife is really mad at the fact that I have no sense of direction because I got us lost. Mm-hmm. So I packed up all my stuff and I write. Ryan's trying desperately not to. Ooh. Oh God! Breathing, okay. All breathing. Right. I bit yeah. the tongue on that one. I bit the you tongue. Did. I literally yeah. bit you my clenched. tongue. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ready? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what was that noise? What just happened? Okay. What did Yoda say when he saw himself in 4K? What did Yoda say when he saw himself in 4K? 4K resolution. Hmm. HDMI. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I'm. A, I love the, uh, the the terrible, terrible ones. They're the best. I love it. I ordered a chicken and an egg from Amazon. I'll let you know. Oh my god! That's terrible. <laughs> oh, you got one. That was so bad. <laughs> oh god. Okay. All right. Uh, let's see. Why did the alternate universe Spider-Man do so well on his driving test? Why did the ultimate alternate universe Spider-Man do so well on his driving test? He's an excellent parallel Parker. Okay, I got it. No, okay, I kept yeah, that one. Yeah, you got Good. Through, you got well, through. that was tough. Yeah. Okay. Um, why can't you hear a pterodactyl go to the bathroom? <laughs> why? Because the pee is silent. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> I'm taking points really on the reaction yeah, on that one. So I'm going to give myself one of those. All right. Dad jokes here on the shift. Trying okay. to uh, tell a dad joke and not laugh. Okay. Dad jokes uh, are awesome. They're My so daughter at 15 years old, her and her friends are the best dad joke tellers. I mean, oh, dad jokes yeah. are really like daughter jokes. They're the best. And millennial, I'm actually, okay, so uh, Leo, uh, I have a I have a joke that's an uh, audio here. Shane, if you laugh at this, we won't oh, count dear. it because it's someone else telling the joke. But millennials tell dad jokes all the time, but it all happens while we're playing video games like this exchange, which I hope you enjoy this joke. I have a cracking joke for you boys, by the way. So there's some fish in a tank, right? One fish turns to the other. You know what it says, Benji? <laughs> what does it say? <laughs> he goes, how do you drive this? <laughs> Benji, why are you laughing at that? Hey, Benji. 
<laughs> I don't trust stairs. They're always up to something. That's how it goes online. That's how it All goes right. online. Well, since Excellent. you just did a fish one, yep. let me give you this one, right? Yep. How many tickles does it take to make an octopus laugh? Eight. Ten tickles. Oh, ten tickles. <laughs> you, no, no you, I didn't get through that uh, one. No, <laughs> I, I like that. As soon one. as I said eight, I was like ten. Oh, ten tickle. Okay. All right. Just say no to drugs. Well, if I'm talking to drugs, I already said yes. I'm good. I'm good. Okay, I'm good. Handle it well. Um, what do you call a dog that can do magic? What? A labracadabrador. Oof. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, okay. All right. Okay. Um, I got to up my game here. Okay, I need a really terrible one. Let me go through my list. Anyone uh, looking to buy a DeLorean? Good shape, good mileage, only driven from time to time. That's good. I that doesn't make me laugh, but it really made me smile. So I'm gonna give you that one. That's creative. Thank you. Thank All right. What did the buffalo say to his son when he dropped him off at school? What? Bye, son. Bye, Dad. <laughs> I had that one, and Sid and Chilliwack also said it over the text. Thank you, Sid. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, let's do. <laughs> this is so bad. Oh no, I lost it. Hold on. Do do do. Okay, I'm Buzz Aldrin, second man to step on the moon. Kneel before me. Very good. Kneel, Very good. Kneel <laughs> Doesn't make me laugh. Do you want to get the? Uh, should we do the Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg one? Yes, yes. So this is a collection. Uh, there is an actual show that is literally just dad joke battles, and Will Ferrell and uh, Mark Wahlberg told each other some dad jokes and there are some particularly excellent dad jokes in this exchange here what do mermaids wash their fins with <laughs> tied the first part was funnier you should have never thrown the punchline that was terrible did you know in king arthur's time one of the knights of the round table collected taxes his name was surcharge yeah. <laughs> Top that. What did the fried rice say to the shrimp? Fry your rice. Don't walk away from me. <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Did you hear Steve Harvey and his wife got into a fight? <laughs> That's not real, is it? Yeah. It was a family feud. <laughs> did you hear about the superhero with a lisp that always worked out? <laughs> He's Thor. <laughs> Bad ending again. Hey, what are you talking? How can you not? Uh, what kind of car then... does an egg drive? A Jokwagen. What? A Jokwagen. Yeah. You get it? What do you call someone who gets mad when they don't have any bread? Lactose intolerant. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't break the, the toast and That's tolerant a good one. is going to go in my eternal bank of dad jokes. That is a good one. Yolkswagen. Yolkswagen. All right. Yep. Okay. 
All right, since they were talking about food here, um, cashier says to the dad, would you like your milk in a bag, sir? Dad says, no, just leave it in the carton. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> I'm taking points. Yeah, take a point. What do you right. call bears with no ears? Bears with no ears. Oh, I... B. <laughs> Just B. B. I was like B. Just B. Oh. oh, that's pretty good. All right, I'll give you that one. Oh, Thank you. It. Thank you. I'm only familiar with 25 letters of the English language. I don't know why. Nope. Nope. Not beating me on that one. Um, have you ever tried eating a clock? It's very time consuming. <laughs> Ryan. That's terrible. <laughs> that's my favorite one. <laughs> that's terrible. Oh, that's pretty All bad. Right, Ish. Ish. All right, ready? Yep. What do you call lonely cheese? What? Provolone. <laughs> I knew you'd love that one. <laughs> uh, I do like so, that one. Uh, yeah, lonely cheese sandwich. Well, it's still oh, provolone. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Did you hear about that new broom that just came out? No. New broom. No, it's sweeping the nation. Dude. <laughs> All right. Oh God. Um. Which one? What's the best part about living in Switzerland? What? I don't know, but the flag is a big plus. Oh yeah, I've heard that one before. Didn't get it took me forever it. to get it. That was really good. I love it. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh next up, um no. That one's not good enough. I need to up the game here. I got one. Oh, I know here we go. The guy who just stole my diary died. I guess my thoughts are with the family. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Uh, grocery store checkout asks yep. dad, paper or plastic? Plastic. Uh, either I'm bisexual. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> So terrible. Delay. Well, sax. Oh, yeah, sax. Yes, that's pretty good. Oh, take points. Ooh. All right, here's bang, bang out a couple quick ones. Okay, here's this one's relevant. Where do dads store their dad jokes? Where? In a database. Oh God. Um. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sad for the calendar. Its days are numbered. That one comes in a text. Classic. A couple other quick ones. Um. Elon Musk is getting sued over Dogecoin. Mm-hmm. They could call it Elongate, but that seems like a bit of a stretch. <laughs> it's a double whammy. That's a good one, right? That is a good one. Mom asks Dad, how do I look? Dad says, with your eyes. Yeah, that's like a the epitome of a dad joke right there. No, this is the epitome of a dad joke. When you ask your dad if you got a haircut... No, I got them all cut. Oh, oh hey, hey, there 
there it is. Yay! All right, happy Father's Day to everybody uh, this weekend. We wanted to, uh, this is our last show before Father's Day, and do just that. So please love on the dads, your dad, and if it is a dad that has passed, I wish you the best weekend this weekend in your heart. I know it will be difficult for you. We have had recent dads passing, of course. Um, but make sure you check in with the people around you, and I wish you a peaceful heart on Father's Day. Thanks for listening to the Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show, and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.